Welcome to the sermons and teachings from the Catalyst Fellowship with Ipai Michael. We hope the message you're about to listen to will edify you and cause you to experience exponential growth. And now, the message. It's not just because we are saying be at the meetings. It's because we must see, we want to, want to see that there's an expected outcome of progress. Do you hear what I said? We want to see that there's what? There's the expected outcome of progress. It's just a means to an end. You have to grow. So what has changed between when you first joined the Catholic community and now? Are you studying the word better? Are you praying better? Have your priorities shifted? Have they changed? What are your targets for your growth? You don't have a target for next month to say, you know what, next month I want to pray more. You have a target for next week. Next week, I want to study the word more. I want to read more books. You know, I spoke about some of the things that we do for we, we, we do for you here. We set up a Bible reading plan for you. Why? Because you must grow in the study of the word of God, in reading your Bible. We set up daily devotional for you and prayer structures because you must. We set up hours of prayer. We set up accountability groups. We set up a physical cell group. We set up teaching meetings. We set up camp meetings. We set up evangelism targets. We mandate that you meet those things. We teach about it. Because you must grow. You must have a target for growth. Don't you last thing that, you know, it was the late man who said, when the purpose of a thing is not known, abuse is inevitable. Some of you are very nonchalant because you don't have a growth mindset. Are you with me? You don't have a target for your spiritual growth. And that's why you're comfortable where you are. But you must understand that there is more. See, there is more. There is more. There is more. There is more. You must grow. He says, I'm going to stay because my sting is needful for you. And you would experience progress. It means advancement in the faith. Progress in the faith. It means progress. It means advancement. It means advancement and joy of faith. So the testimony of a successful minister of the gospel, a successful pastor, is that his flock, his congregation, experiences advancement. Amen. Advancement. That when Jesus comes, he will present them as people that have been well-guided, well-trained. People that are trained, even as they expect the coming of the Lord. So you must have a target. You must stop this comfortable mindset in where you are. And take it however you are. No, the, the things that a lot of people think are for special forces, Christianity, special forces. Some people think that there are levels of the thing that you know some of us can just do whatever, and then there are other people that you know some of that things are relegated for. No, amen. He said he will continue for their advancement. And I told you last week, I said this is why the Catholic community exists. And I always say it when we welcome first timers. My name is Michael Ekwaya, and the Lord has sent me to help you grow. Amen. Amen. There has to be growth. There has to be. Listen, what this season is going to do for you is that it's going to set your mind on a growth trajectory. Are you getting what I'm saying? On a growth trajectory. 
we have the whole world to take. Okay. And you understand what I'm saying? And so for us to do that, the people we are discipling now must grow. And you yourself must become discipling. Listen, uh, 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 the discipleship approach has deployment as part of it. Amen. So we disciple, then we deploy. We deploy. When we teach you, it's not just that you, are, you remain students forever home. It's that you become teachers of others. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's that you become what teachers of others. Let, let me show you something. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, it says, And he gave apostles, he gave prophets, he gave evangelists, he gave shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, you have to see that in that statement, there was no comma. He gave who? He gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors. These are ministry gifts. It's the Bible says that he himself gave unto the church. So Christ gave gifts to the church, the creator of the church, the one who you know started the church, Christ himself. They gave gifts unto the church. These gifts were men. So men are God's gifts to men. Are you getting what I'm saying? Men are God's gifts to men. And so God, Christ himself, gave men as gifts. For what? For the equipping of the saints. For the work of ministry. So he's equipping them for the work of ministry. When, sometimes when you read it, you think that he's equipping them. just generally, But they are being equipped for the work of ministry. Amen. Because you don't remain students, you become teachers as well. So you are trained first because, listen, the believer would always be a student of the word. The position of the believer is to be a student. Remember, Matthew, I told you, the Bible said that, you know, he sends them out to make students, to make disciples of others. But after that, those disciples themselves, they'll feel forever be students, but they become teachers of others as well. Amen. A disciple is also sent to disciple others. I get what I'm saying. The mandate committed to the teacher to disciple him is given to the disciple as well to disciple others. So you must grow. You must grow. This is for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the advancement of the body of Christ. Verse 13 it says, See, we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So listen, are you, are you being trained up to stature? Are you where you need to be? It says unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. PSB says unto mature manhood in the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. There's a target. Are you seeing what I'm saying? There's a target. It's a target. It says so that we no longer be tossed to and fro by every wind, every wind of doctrine. One of the, of the characteristics of a child is that a child does not know how to discern value. And a child is also easily swayed. I listen to what I'm saying. A child is also what? Easily swayed. It says that we no longer be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men, 
and the cunning craftiness whereby the ways to deceive. So you are so secure in your training that nothing can just come and take you away. Are you understand what I'm saying? Nothing can move you. That's what it means to be deeply rooted. Nothing can move you. When you are not deeply rooted, the easiest breeze will push you. Do you understand what I'm saying? A deeply rooted tree, even when the wind comes, might bend, but it will come back straight. Are you understanding? That's what deeply rooted trees do. They are firm. They are so firm that no matter the wind, they are not tossed. They are not tossed. So listen, wind will come in form of doctrine, but it will also come in form of life. Because life will life. <laughs> That's the nature of life. Life will life. How many of you know that life will life? <laughs> life will life. That's the character of life. Life. <laughs> so how is life? It's life really. That's <laughs> that's just the truth. Life, life. There are some things that you might not be able to control, but the thing you can control is your response. Are you with me? It's how you react. You can respond different to life, life thing. Some of you say, ah, pastor, life happens. I just didn't want to be that one that was not used to, that used to give excuse every time. You know, we will rather that you give excuse. I, why are you people smiling now? Some of you that are the ones that are listening and are smiling. <laughs> It's better to still be coming and being Dutch. That's why I was actually. I was not worried to please come. Because life will lie. You know the funny thing? When life lies, is the time you need the church. But the problem is that when life lies, that you need to run away from the church. Because you need to be deeply rooted. Rooted in the world. So you are not lost. I know the context of this is by doctrine, but I'm telling you also that other things will try to move you. Other things will try to move you. Things will happen. Can I tell you something? Legitimate cares of this world would also happen. But are you able to be planted? Rigid. That regardless of the bend that happens, you will still stand straight. Are you understanding? You will still stand straight. So a word came for our members that are in North America that you should be careful. And I'm saying this for all of you in diaspora as well, that you should be careful that the climate of the place does not shadow you. There are situations like that when because you move to a new city, a new place, the climate of the place can bend you. But if you are deeply rooted, you stand up back. Are you understanding? That's what it means to be deeply rooted. To be rooted in the world. To be rooted in the world. It is, it is after I say that, that, that you are not, you know, gospel um, and by every wind of doctrine, by the sight of man, you know, and they're calling craftiness by the way to deceive. It says, rather speaking the truth, from the beginning, it was talking about teaching. But now, when you are not lost, when you do speak, it says, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to what? Grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. He now says something in verse 16 that will bless you. It says, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that 
which every joint supplies, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, make it increase of the body unto be edified of itself. Listen, that might not make so much sense to you because it's in KJV, but I'll read it in ESV. It says, promote your body joined and held together by every joint which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, it makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. This is talking about the body of Christ. And it's telling you that growth for the believer is attached to the body. Did, did you hear that? Growth for the believer is what? It's attached to the body. He started by telling you ministry gifts, the head of the church. Talking about the ministry gift, the head of the church, it tells you what will happen to the believer. What the ministry gift is trying to tell you, they will do for you. Then, in the end, he tells you that the body works effectively by that which every joint supplied to cause an increase for the body. Can I tell you something? If the catalyst community will grow, it will be by what every joint supplies. And anyone who isolates themselves from the church body is isolating themselves from being able to be supplied to by a joint. Are you with me? So when something happens, it's not the time to run. It's the time to stay. Because the strengthening you need, God's structure for the sustenance of the believer is the church of God. It's the church of Christ. Did you hear that? God's structure for the sustenance of the believer is the church of Christ. The church of Christ would outlive any single individual. Mm. Do you understand what I'm saying? In any age you come to, in any year you come to, in any generation you come to, individual men will die, but the church of Christ will live forever until Christ comes. Amen. So there's an eternal structure that God has set for you. All you need to do is make sure you are plugged in. Because even the things you think you need and the things you don't know that you need, the church of Christ will supply. It's a church will grow by that which every joint supplies. Amen. By what? By that which every joint supplies. So Minister Daniel is a joint. He's a supplying joint. Maybe what you needed was just to hear that song. I receive what you have for me. And it just softens your heart in such a way that whatever comes hits you. The teaching of the word of God comes. Has it ever happened to you before that you heard the testimony around that believer? Look at yourself like that's my life. Mm-hmm. It just challenges you. Child. See, Shayo, that we used to play. Shayo, don't they go every secondary school they preach? Me and yeah. Listen. In the kingdom, it's not more jealousy, it's pouring up. See, I the same thing that happens in the world as jealousy in the kingdom is a pouring up to do better. It's a pouring up to do better. So, ah, okay, this, listen, when you isolate your, you might not know what you are not doing right, but when you are a part of the body, you will always remember. You will always remember. You will, there is more. There is more. There is more. There is more. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. I know. I, I know. We're, we're supposed to speak about being, you know, uh, um, growing in the world. But I just wanted to start from generally just growing, just growing. 
Say, I'm sold out to the word of God. Say, I'm sold out to the word of God. Say, I'm sold out to the word of God. I'm sold out to the word of God. Open your Bible with me. If, before we go to the next one, he says, and I shall do what? Continue with you. Abide and continue with you all for your progress. The word I taught you last week is abide and continue. That is meno, so many. Meno means to remain, not to depart. Son para meno means, it's from three Greek words, son, para, and meno, S-U-N, para is P-A-R-A, meno is M-E-N-O. Son means we, para means beside, meno means abide. So the Apostle Paul was saying that he would be, he would abide and continue with them. He will not depart from them. And the result of, listen, what he's showing is consistency. The result of that consistency is progress. So listen to me. The fact that you were here for six months does not end your training in the Lord. It must be consistent. I told you last week that there are some things that no matter what you do, all it needs, all it will need is time. You can have the seed, have the right soil, have the you know manure, have fertilizer, have everything. But after you've done everything, you've given it sunlight and water. There's no more you can do but wait. Right. Do you hear what I said? So if you want to be deeply rooted, you need consistency. You need to wait. You need to stay. You need to stay. Stay. For some of you, a lead. stay. Stay in one place. Stay. Sit down. Learn. Don't come for one and miss the other. Stay. Grow. Commit. Let there be an abiding. Let there be an abiding. Some people now in six years, there's no place they call home church. <laughs> Everywhere is home church. Everywhere in a home church. Just visit every everywhere. So where are you, where are you planted? Where are you serving? Where are you the appetite? Where? <laughs> where are you serving? Where? So there has to be somewhere that your labor in the Lord is, is visible. Amen. But your labor in the Lord is visible. He says our blind. I'm excited about some of the newer guys. I want to begin to encourage new people to the Catholic community so you don't get lost in transition. Sharon, you know, um, I think it's Shei for me. Some of you guys that, that, that just joined the community, I might not remember your names. You know, if you want to wave at me, you can't so I remember. But listen, it might be your first meeting. It might be your second, your fifth. It might be your first month. It might be your second month. It might be your third month. But can I tell you something? It will not do if you don't stay. So we like that you came to visit us, but you need to stay. <laughs> Are you with me? You need to stay. You need to stay. To grow, you need to stay. Consistency is what will get the result in you. So you need to stay. For anything that stands the test of time, you have to give it time. You need to stay. You need to give it time. It says, I will continue with you for your progress for your joy in the faith. Amen. Amen. So you need to stay. So I'm challenging you to commit to that growth. Commit. 
or meat. All right, 2 Timothy 3.16. Listen, this is going to be such a rich series for you. All right, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. The Bible says, All scripture is breath out of God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be completed, quit for every good work. There are million things you can learn from this. But my emphasis here is that the Bible says, All scripture. Scripture is given by the inspiration of God. It's profitable for reproof, correction, for instruction. I have talked about this before, so you know what it means when it says it's profitable for reproof, it's profitable for profitable for instruction in righteousness. But it's profound that it says all scriptures. Not so. So it is God's will that in the formation of doctrine, we consider all scriptures. I don't know In the formation of doctrine, we consider all scriptures. Scripture must be in view. It's God's will that you cannot fully understand God's mind concerning a subject until you've considered all scripture. I think I said it last week that you have never considered half of scripture, you're already doing dear believer. You better don't dear anything. <laughs> you didn't dear yourself, you didn't dear believer. <laughs> Even me, I don't do dear believer. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Amen. All there's nothing to do. There's work. No, listen, listen, listen. Not that you cannot go and share things that you've learned and correct people. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I, I'm telling you, sometimes it's not better to keep yourself in the secret and be growing. You understand what I'm saying? You have to consider all. Oh, oh, not so. So, all scripture collectively would have one voice on every matter. Are you on the So, when it comes to it, the Bible says all scripture is given by the Spirit of God and it's profitable for reproof. For reproof, for doctrine, for instruction in righteousness. And that's why we always tell you to read the Bible together, Old Testament. Or what is called the Old Testament, at least the New Testament, or what is called the New Testament. Because the things you see in the New Testament find their origin in the Old. And the things you see in the Old Testament, you know, find that explanation in the New. Amen. So, all scripture given by the expression of God, and it's profitable. And I know when they were speaking, they were talking about Old Testament because the scripture of those in the New Testament was the Old Testament, but it is still important for you to see that you have to consider all. 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 If you were to talk about doctrine, oh, amen. If you want to go about the Christian faith, what I'm trying to let you know is that you cannot do it without being studious. You hear that? You cannot do it without being studious. You can't do it without being studious. You can't do ministry without being studious. You can't disciple men without being studious. You can't even be effective as a believer, as a believer without being studious. Look at Psalm 119, verse 97. The Bible says, Oh, how I love your Lord. You know who is speaking here? Who is speaking? David. Psalm 119, verse 97. He says, Oh, how I love your Lord. He's talking about the, the Torah, the, the Lord of God. Meditation all day. Your commandment makes me wiser than the enemies. 
So it is ever with me. Even I have more understanding than all my teachers. Some of you, this is the only part you learn when you're in primary school. <laughs> I remember when I saw this picture. I will be quoting you when I go to school. Please, I have more understanding than all my teachers. For your testimony and my meditation, is that I understand more than the age. For I keep your, your precepts. What he was trying to say is that the word of God makes him wise. Because I hold back my feet from every evil way in order to keep your word. I do not fall aside from your rules, for you have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste? Sweeter than honey to my mouth. Listen, ah, you need to look at the way he's describing the word of God. Are we reading this together? He says, oh, I love your word. Every time you think about the word of God, many of us will know the way think about the word of God. Because when you remember, you have PTSD from when you were reading Numbers, Leviticus, I could never finish Ezekiel. But look at what he's saying about the word of God. He says, oh, how I love your law. He says, it's my meditation. Oh, can you talk like this about the word of God? He says, no, oh, I love your law. It's my meditation all day. He says, your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies. For it is ever with me. He says, I have more understanding than all my teachers. For your testimonies and my meditation. He says, I understand more than the age. For I keep your precepts. He says, I hold back my feet every day from evil in order to keep your word. He says, I do not turn aside from your rules. For you have taught me. He says, how sweet are your words to my peace. Sweeter than warning to my mouth. Listen. You can stir up a hunger for the word of God that makes the word of God satisfaction to you. Are you with me? You can stir up a hunger for the word of God. Do you know if you can do it intentionally? You can. Everything you want to have that kind of desire for, you have to, you know, you have to condition your heart and you have to do it frequently. You have to emphasize it. A hunger. A hunger for the word of God. He says, how sweet are your words to my face? Sweeter than honey to my mouth. It is through your precepts I get understanding. Therefore, I eat every false weed. 105, he says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my back. This is powerful. To stir up a hunger for the word. Lord, I delight in your word. When I study your word, I find satisfaction. How many of you have ever had that feeling when you studied the word of God before? How many of you have ever had that feeling with the word of God? Just, the problem is that we've not learned to do it consistently for it to be a reality to us. You had it once, one time, maybe you had time. You now sat down, you were not doing one Bible study, the tea was sweeting you. I must discover this thing, you know. But that's once in two months, it used to happen. Come on, you have a, 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 an approach to the word of God like this. When I'm going to the word of God, I'm going to receive light. When I'm going to the word of God, I'm going to receive light. I'm going to receive understanding. Your words are sweet as honey to my taste. Oh, I'm going to receive light because your word is the light onto my feet and a, a, a lamp onto my feet and a light onto my back. The word of God gives me clarity. It reminds me of who I am. 
Can I tell you something? There are many things that you are struggling with today that will end if you can't delight in the word of God. Do you hear what I said? There are many things that will end if you can't delight in the word of God. A lot of you have learned to see prayer as a means of edification, but you've not learned to see studying as a means of edification. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Is that not true? When you pray, you're But you've not learned to meditate on the word of God and see it as a means of edification and you get results. I'd like to tell you something. Do you know if you are not praying and you study the word, you pray? <laughs> if you study the word of God and you meditate on it, listen, it's impossible to study for God, love the world in this manner. He gave his only begotten son, whosoever believes should not perish, but as a everlasting life. Thank you for salvation. That alone can lead you to a 30 minutes charge of prayer understanding when you see that you know what he was saying was not even that god so loved the world that intensity even though he loves god intensely but he was saying that in this manner i said something in fellowship the other day you know in in windsor i said love remains in your heart until there's action and so when we saw what god did we clearly knew that he loved us so you think of that ah listen i can tell you I always tell people, I say sometimes when you see contradiction in your life, it's because you have forgotten the gospel. Go back and study it. Study it. Read about it. Read about the transformed desires you have. Read about your life and act it Amen. About sadness. About depression. There's great joy in the word of God. Amen. This is how believers must learn. So you must find satisfaction in the world. Still, David speaking, such delight. There has to be a hunger in you for the word of God. Because without it, you don't have counsel and the wisdom of God. Listen, there's the way I feel when I've not studied in a while. All my decisions just seem to be rubbish. <laughs> I don't know who can relate. You don't be making decisions anyhow. Like, you also have I'm not afraid. But the word of God brings wisdom. There's something that being skilled in the word of salvation does to you. It changes the lens at which you view things. Your priority shifts. Your priority shifts. When you remember that God has committed the word of reconciliation to you, evangelism will be better. Amen. Remember, good theology leads to what? Praxeology, which leads to doxology. You want to worship the Lord, study the word of God. Theology must lead to what? Doxology. You want to practice it? Theology must lead to praxeology. You are not praying, listen to a sermon on prayer, study on prayer. Look at what the word of God says on prayer. You are not, you're, 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 you're not you know, um, what's the word? Studying enough, study the word to study. You know, we told you prayer is the key to prayerlessness. Study is the key to studying this. <laughs> Sorry, there's nothing like that. Study is the key to not studying. It's the key. It's the key. Study. Because the moment you hit it, you know how to stop. So just start. You need it. You need to find time for it. 
They say you want to unreliable about what the Lord says about you. That's why the Apostle Paul prays for revelation knowledge for the believer. Because you need to know that you may know. He says, I cease not, he said it in three different epistles. Cease not to, you know, to pray for you, making mention of him, my prayer, that the Lord will give you what? The spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him, that you may know the hope of your calling, the great inheritance which you have. You may know. A person that knows is the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus will never sit down in condemnation. Maybe you've forgotten. Why not listen to it? So they are, they are pressing your neck in the dream. It's because you've forgotten dynamo. Me, I want to press my neck. I will portion you. <laughs> in that dream, eh? I'll become a non layer character. I will portion you. <laughs> Hallelujah. So it's important. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 8. Are you learning something? Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 1. The Bible says, The whole commandment that I have I command, is the whole commandment that I command you today. You shall be careful to do that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land the Lord swore to give to your fathers. It says, And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God, who has led you for these 40 years in the wilderness, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you will keep his commandment or not. And he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manner which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. So, you, listen, when you read this in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 to 4, the Bible says Jesus was led up to, by the Spirit into the wilderness and tempted of the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become to become loaves of bread. And Jesus answered, saying, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that cometh out of the mouth of God. You might not understand what it means when Jesus responded like that. You might not understand. But when you go to the actual context in the Old Testament, you will see that Moses was admonishing and exhorting the Israelites that they should observe the commands of God. He urges them, he says, consider the things God has done for you before. Amen. Consider what he has done. Because your salvation is not in any other thing, but is in the word of God. Because he was, because of his word, he protected you and he gave you bread. So man will not live by bread alone by the word of God. Because your salvation is not in the bread, in the obeying of his commandments. I think that's what I'm saying. Does that make sense to everybody? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, you don't seem like you get it. So when Jesus is responding, he's bringing them to the remembrance of this Deuteronomy 8.1. Moses was admonishing them. Moses was saying, keep to the instructions of the Lord. Let's read Deuteronomy 8.1 to 3 again. It says, the whole commandment I command you to be, you shall be careful to do so that you may live and multiply and go and possess the land that the Lord swore to give your fathers. Verse 2. It says, you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God led you these 40 years. He said, keep it in your mind. Remember. Because he did that to humble you and test you to know what is in your heart, whether you keep his commandment or not. He said, and he humbled you and lets you hunger and fed you with manna, 
which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone. So the matter was to show them that their salvation is in his hand. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by the word of God. So if the Lord says you should go, it means he can provide you with manna. Are you understanding? So what was important for them to see is that man's life is subject to his obedience to the word of God, not subject to food alone. Because if there's no bread, the Lord can provide manna. So Jesus' response to the devil was clarity to let him know that the survival of man is based on his obedience to the word of God, not by bread. And what this must help you know today is the importance of the word of God. And I'll tell you something. This is theology for, for me to help you understand that career is not everything because man shall live mm. by every word that comes of the mouth of God, not by bread. Because the same God can lead you to a different wealth source that will provide your needs forever. Are you getting what I'm saying? The same God can lead you. So your salvation is in the word of God, not in what you can do for yourself. Man shall not live by bread alone. Your life does not consist in the amount of things you possess. Every other thing you've prioritized over God is not what will enable your survival. Your survival is in the word of the Lord. That's why you must desire it and cherish it. Are you getting this? That's why you must desire it and cherish it. Stick to the word of God. Let me tell you what God can do for you. The things that you struggle for by the entrance of the word of God, you can gain double of it with less work by supernatural leading. Are you getting what I'm saying? I've spoken word of God. And many times, it's always in line because you get wisdom also from the reading word. So man shall leave by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Not by bread. Does that make sense to everybody? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, when I was studying, it, it just gave me a light bulb moment when I saw it. Like, my survival is in the word of the Lord, not in what I can do for myself. So no matter what happened to the children of Israel, no matter the fact that they were in desert, do you know what it means for the Lord to tell you that food will drop from heaven? How do you mean? Food will drop from heaven. This was the problem with the Israelites. God provided food to drop from the clouds and said you should not eat on the seventh, and you still went to eat. It, 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 that, that's how some of you are. God forbid, it's not how some of you are. Amen. It's not how you are in the name of Jesus. Your heart is heart of flesh, not heart of stone. <laughs> so. You must see and cherish the word of God this way. Because it's the word of God that will save my life. My existence, my living is affected by the word of God, not by what I can do for myself. <laughs> I so wish to tell you about this. Stories. Stories. There are days 
when by the instruction of the word of God, people were doing certain things in their trade, they got an instruction from the Lord, do this, do this, do this. Drastically, their lives changed. Are you getting what I'm saying? Drastically. Drastically. Your blessing is in the hand. Not in the hand, but it's in the word. Beyond any other thing. Beyond any other thing. Man shall not be by bread, but by every word that comes from the man of God. Hallelujah. It's important. Today, the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1, it says, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers and the prophets. And in these last days, He has spoken to us through His Son, Jesus. He tells us that Jesus is the radiance of His glory, the exact imprint of His nature, and opposed the universe by the word of His power. After making purification for sin, they sat down and ran of His Father. So, listening, Jesus gives us the full revelation of who God is. But today, for us, Jesus is alive in heaven. So the direct way we can hear the words of Jesus is when we study what we have available. In what? In the epistle. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Who is the word of God? Jesus. Jesus. The Bible says in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word was what? God. It says nothing was made that was made without God, without, without the word, without Christ. He says that the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. He tabernacled with us. Who was that word? Jesus. So Jesus is the logos of God, the expressions of God, the thoughts, the thoughts of God, the living word himself. He lived, he died, and he resurrected. But he taught certain things, he gave certain instructions. Those instructions were passed down to the apostles. The apostles documented in the epistles. You get what I'm saying? And so for us today, we must treat the words of God, the epistles. With value, we must study those words. In them, we get wisdom. In them, we get life. In them, we get understanding. So you must study the word of God. I'm telling you something. Listen, it's important. The devil was tempting Jesus. He told him to jump down from the pinnacle of the temple. And Jesus refused. You have to understand. He quoted a text. Now, have you ever thought of it this way? Why was quoting a text a temptation if the devil could tell it well? Let me explain again. The devil was tempting Jesus. He said that if you know you are the son of God, jump down. For it is written, written. He will give his angels charge over you to keep you in all ways. Do you know this is in the Bible? Like he quoted it right. He didn't quote it right. He said they will bear you up with their wings as eagles. Lest you dash your, your foot on the stone. So why was it a temptation? Why is someone quoting a text supposedly a temptation? Anybody? The reason why it is a temptation is because it is also written that you shall not test the Lord your God. So scriptures must give you that balance. That's why it is all scriptures. Are you understanding? The fact that it is written does not cancel out the fact that it is also written. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you don't get it. Mm -hmm. yeah, so. We do, sir. <laughs> I don't understand. Let me explain. Let me explain. Remember where we're coming from. All scripture is what? Given by the inspiration of God. Profitable for doctrine. So you must consider all scripture when getting doctrine. The devil says, if you are the son of God, 
do what? Jump down from the pinnacle of the temple because it is written that he would give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. They will bear you up in their wings as eagles, lest you dash your foot against the stone. Is it truly written? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He's quoting the Bible. He's quoting the Bible. So Jesus could have followed that. But listen, what was his response? Jesus' response was what? It is also written. I tell you what I'm saying. It is written that we shall not what? Thanks to Lord your God. And this is where balance must come in. Where the understanding of the whole scripture must come in, that the fact that it is written, you must know that it is also written. Make sense? Yes, sir. You must know that it's also written. Because someone else is in this channel, there is the Lord your God. So scripture will give you balance, and that's why you must wonder for it. So every pastor, every believer is saddled, saddled with the responsibility to be well rounded. We cannot make a message the message. We cannot choose to camp around one particular word because, you know, the Bible tells us that all oh, this is why you must study. It says so that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished and prepared for every good work. Meaning a man who goes out without all scripture being in view, being his weapon, is not truly furnished. Did you hear that? says that the man of God will be truly furnished unto all good work. So we must consider all scriptures. I remember one time, you know, I think I told this story last week. Few people came, you know, that they wanted to do a healing meeting. I said, no. I'm sure they were like, what's wrong with this man? You've taught us, you've taught us, you've taught us. You've taught, you've taught us. So you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to, do, I'm going to expose one of the people that came to me that time. Just, just for the sake of understanding some things. So which of them am I going to expose? Let me see, which of them is here? And they say, or mute your mic and tell me the difference between, <laughs> between you then and you now. Okay, I just want to clarify that I was. Yes, hey. I didn't mean like say I wanted. No explanation. Listen, <laughs> you didn't do anything wrong for wanting to do that because part of the result of the things you are learning is that you are willing to put to practice. All right, so don't no don't, don't try to explain. Just tell me the difference between you then and you now. Difference between me then and me now. Me then, I think we were all or me particularly. I was just very. We had just learned you know, about the gifts of the Spirit and about, you know, how to work in the power of God. So we wanted to really just do it, like really enter and start healing everybody. So the, we it was just like a spur of the moment. So guys, let's, let's now go and do it. So, so that was it. But then me now, I think in terms of doctrine, there's more balance in terms of like um, growth. Like there's more, there's more balance in the doctrine. I have more understanding of, you know, how these things work and how to do it in order and then also yeah and then also like because i'm saying lots of things i'm very sorry but then like also because like i now know that 
the avenues for that I, I would find in the community i would find here so we don't necessarily have to have a special extra meeting outside so yeah so time brings furnishing do you understand what i'm saying time brings furnishing let me give you another example alex can you hear me now yes yes i can't okay so can you ex can you give an explanation of the different times when you've had you know a desire a longing to want to go out and just you know do something and the corrections i gave you in those times that you found in your in service all right um i think for me there were a number of them so most of the times i would get prophecies about for example there was a time i saw rapidly like i saw it quite clearly that the medical school in Babcock University is taking for the gospel. And me, I carried my head. I went to start fellowship for medical students in Babcock. So that is one very big example. There was another time concerning the music ministry. So by service, I come to see that the prophecies that God had given, the visions that he had given, actually found the expression in the Catalyst community. So a month later, P. Mike would just say, okay, today we are starting this. Meanwhile, I had not told P. Mike about it. So through service, I, I, I just found the Catalyst community doing those things. And so I was able to. All right, amazing. So let me tell you how, how coincidental these things were. He would have gone to do his own meeting. He did not tell me. And then he would just tell me, oh, tomorrow we are starting so, 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 so. And once I say it, you just realize that, oh my God, the same things. So listen, I started on that to help you understand that furnishing happens when you're under that training. Furnishing happens when you're under that training. It happens. So you there, there, there will be fulfillment of, do you know? Let me tell you, but listen, I know we are emphasizing, you know, commitment in the world, growth in the world, but I'm also teaching you a lot of things as regards accountability as well and the importance of your church in that growth and that commitment. Do you know that in 2021 was when I knew that someone in this that that someone in this ministry was still going to do secondary school ministry. You remember? 2021. <laughs> 2021. So guess what? The Lord gave someone gave me a word for it. But I did not just find it, found the time. Then the Lord told me that the things that he was telling me are not just for me, they are for people in the community. That we're going to have people do secondary school. So I knew since 2021 that someone in this community would do. So maybe the Lord was going to talk to the person, but told me first so I can support and encourage the person. Are you understanding? Listen, you have to know how the Lord works. You have to know how the Lord works. So the day Shia called me and said, I want to go. I said, go, 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 go. <laughs> go. <laughs> go. But if on the other way around, I sense a difference, I'll say, don't go. Do you understand? Your leadings are not the same as another person's. You can tell me, I said, I want to be, I'll say, you do that program. <laughs> do that program. <laughs> so, listen. 
you have to get balance. I said all of that to say this. You, you have to get balance. You have to be trained. What that training does, the oversight you get from a pastor is so that he helps you know when you are ready for that thing. You do it under a covering. Even if you make a mistake, there's someone to grab your hand and help you. Amen. There has to be balance. So, two things we're saying, commit to your growth in the world. The second thing we're saying is that commit to your church because that's one place that the growth will happen. Have a target for your spirituality. Take advantage of all these structures. But at the same time, taste yourself. Delight in the word of God. Give yourself to study. For example, the podcast, familiarize yourself with listening. This is a feeling of growth. Study the word more. Study the word more. Study the word more. Study the word more. Don't be quick to run out, is what I'm saying. Don't be quick to go and do everything. Just take your time. Are you understanding? Take your time. Pace yourself. Take your time. The opportunities will come. Don't do it for opportunities. There are a lot of you that it gets to a stage you begin to study to teach. That's the temptation of discipline as well. In, in discipline, rather. That at that point now, you stop growing, you start studying to teach. Have you felt it before? Yes, sir. You start studying to teach. Some of you study to share. No personal study time that you've not posted on your story. That's why the noise to last. <laughs> Any small thing, hey, revelation, Twitter. You know, I said that nobody was jumping when you posted it. Are you like, ah, is it not that deep? <laughs> it's because that simple thing will be mind blowing to me, sir. If I, if I spend time meditating on it, like, oh my God, this is but it can be something that someone has written before. That's what meditation does. Amen. So you must be balanced all around. That's what I'm trying to say. You must be balanced. Let me tell you another thing. Don't repeat all I've said without understanding why I said it. You know, we teach you to repeat all the things your pastor has said, and that's important. On the first level, that's better at least than trying to say what they did not say. But now, beyond that, Learn why it was said. Study. 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 Be balanced in the word. And that's what I want to try to do this, you know, teach you how to study in depth. Be balanced. Paul tells the church at Thessalonica, he says, I want to be with you so that I can perfect what is lacking in your faith. So listen, ideally a spiritual person has no lack, but what he was talking about was, was being able to impact in them. Give them something beyond just that. So he wanted to be with them, first of all. I think it was an impartation. Second of all, I believe that there were things he was going to teach them. Are you getting this? There were things he was going to what? Teach. Teach. First Thessalonians 3, 10, it says, after we pray, not only the night and day, that we might see your faith and supply, which is lacking in your faith. That's the text. So listen, I said it last week. Last year you were teaching grace. Your teaching of grace was still on the fence. It was sounding like a license to sin on the fence of walks sprinkled with grace. But you are still teaching that same thing today. No proper balance. But listen, what growth begins to tell you 
is that you don't have to be at either ends of the extreme. I get what I'm saying. It's great lavish, yes. Would it make the ordinary man uncomfortable? Yes. But is grace a license to sin? No. And does God tolerate sin? No. You don't have to be at both ends. Listen, you can be true on both ends and not be at the extreme. Take care what I'm saying. You must have balance. Balance to see that grace is a lavish, but grace does not license you to sin. Rather, it empowers you to live above sin. That true grace in the heart of a believer will change his heart. So Jesus was speaking to the woman at the well. And at the end of the conversation, she didn't feel condemned. Rather, she went out saying, come see the man. I you know what I'm saying? That the woman caught in the act of adultery who come before Jesus and she did not live with lightning striking her. He says, go and sin no more. So the woman with the alabaster blood was washing the leg of Jesus. I'm sure a lot of people are like, Jesus, don't you know this is a popular prostitute? <laughs> What's going on with you, sir? Why are you letting her rob and Jesus descended his heart and told him a story, the story of the people, the guy who owed a denarii, uh, a thousand denarii. And the goal of that story was to help him understand that he who is forgiven of much more will love much more. So God's idea is not that when there is grace, a person will continue and say, God's idea is that grace causes a transformation of hearts. You can be. There's balance. Your balance is that nobody should take, you know, this thing lightly and thinking they can sin. Oh, that's true. It's very true. Sin should not be taken lightly. But it must not now make you start changing the message of grace and stop teaching it as like, oh, it is lavish. I get what I'm saying. It's lavish. If it doesn't make you uncomfortable, it's not grace. What makes it grace <laughs> is that you were forgiving of much more. There must be balance. Sovereignty and free will. There must be balance. Is God sovereign? Oh, yes, he's sovereign. Do we have free will? Yes, we have free will. So how can God be sovereign and we still have free will? Balance must come in helping you see that in the sovereignty of God, he can allow free will. Do you see? So, growth brings balance. You must be able to study the word of God to be equipped enough for all that you will have you to do. Hallelujah. Have you learned something? Were you blessed this evening? Yes, Alright, we're going to be praying before we round up. Lord, I'm committed to growth in the word. Lord, I'm committed to growth in the Word. I'm committed to growth in your Word. I'm committed to growth in my local community. I'm consistent. I'm present. I'm giving. I have targets for my spirituality. I have targets for it. And I make every effort to meet those targets. Can you begin to pray right now, everybody?